Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. After 22 years of being a titan on Wall Street and starting his own firm, Tony Kasai is walking away to shed the ugly side of being on the inside. We'll interview insiders and other titans of all types of industries, offering advice and sharing stories of adversity. This is another episode of The Insider Show. Welcome to Cannabis Talk 101's Financial Fridays with the inside investor, Tony Kay. We're the world's number one source for everything cannabis. The information provided by Financial Friday and Tony Kasai is for general information and entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as professional financial advice. Consult with a professional before making any financial decisions. Well, hello. I don't know where you're at, what you're doing, or what day of the week it is for you, but over here in the CT 101 studios, it is Financial Fridays. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Tony Kasai, and I'm here to get your mind right and your money game tight. Feel free to leave me a financial question anytime at 1-800-420-1980. You can also connect with me directly on Instagram at The Insider Investor. Now, you all know that my number one rule of money is that your health is your wealth. You can't be wealthy if you're not healthy. You guys, that's why I sincerely send every single one of my friends and family to my concierge doctor, Dr. Chalmers. You guys, don't sleep on this guy. He's got a TED Talk. You can connect with him on our website. Uh, you can connect with him on my Instagram. Uh, reach out to him, and you can see that he's got a TED Talk that's just dropped. This TED Talk is talking about how he wants to cure the opioid epidemic with uh, medical-grade cannabis. He's doing some cutting-edge therapy treatments with ketamine, psilocybin, even MDMA, not raving with MDMA, but actually using it in a therapeutic setting. Um, I've spoke to a ton of people that he's had tremendous success with. And I know a lot of the friends uh, that we have here in the studio, he's helped uh, with their conditioning, with our hormone therapy. I could not be a bigger advocate for Dr. Chalmers. Reach out to him. He's on charmerswellness.com or better yet, call him direct. His number is 214-446-5300. Now today, ladies and gentlemen, I'm honored to be with you because we're going to be doing the first episode with a very special guest, <laughs> myself. I'm going to actually interview myself in a standpoint that if you guys watched that very first episode we did for Financial Friday, Blue and Joe Grande really took time to break down my background, let you know how I got here. I've made millions. I've lost millions. I've made millions again. And throughout all that, I can honestly say I got, gosh, you know, hundreds of hours of uh, experiences, things that I can 
not only compress time for you by giving you and sharing with you what I've gone through, but maybe um, give you a better, maybe uh, coming over the hurdles of making money, saving money, investing money. So today, the idea that we had, I've had a lot of calls come in. I've had people leave me questions. So I wanted to take a two-part episode. We're going to go through about 13 different topics. And I think each one of these, you may want to grab a pen and paper, take some notes. And if you guys have any specific questions, again, just reach out to us anytime or DM me on Instagram. The 14 topics or so that I'm going to go over, I'm going to go over these pretty quick for you, but we're going to break down each one. I'm going to go through about two or three in each segment. We're going to take a break and see you back again next Friday, and I'll go over the next six. And then through that, throughout the course of the next year, we're going to break down some of these a little bit more granularly. But surface level, any one of these, if I had a son or if I had a daughter, uh, ranging from anywhere from 14 on up, there's some advice tips that I'm, I'm going to give you guys here. For those of you that are more seasoned investors, I think there's some wisdom that I can give you and some nuggets that can, if, if even one little piece of advice I give you not only saves you money, but makes you money, then I feel like I've done my job right. You guys, we're going to go over a bunch of things. We're going to do some personal finance strategies. Uh, this is going to cover everything from budgeting, understanding how your credit score can impact how you invest. Uh, debt management. You know, that's one of my favorite topics because people look at as debt as a bad thing. Believe it or not, debt can be a good thing. And that's something I really want to talk about. I'm going to give you guys some investing insights. This is talking about um, introductions to just stocks, bonds, mutual funds, but I'm not going to get boring with it. I'm just going to tell you my thoughts and what my thoughts are on just not the stock market, but the different ways that you can invest. And more importantly, the vehicles that I feel financial advisors or these firms, not financial advisors, I, you know, I, I have a soft spot in my heart for them because I still have a lot of friends in that industry. But I think the system is designed in such a way that it is kind of uh, built against you have so much stacked against you as the average investor. That's why you never meet anybody that says, gosh, I became wealthy only through the stock market. It's very rare that somebody built wealth only directly through the stock market, unless your name is Zuckerberg or, you know, you had some insider information or you got into a hot IPO. It's very rare that somebody's done it purely through the stock market. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that. I'm also going to talk about market trends and analysis. Now, what I'm going to, what I mean by that is I'm just going to give you my broad overview of what I think is going on in the current economic environment, what you should watch out for, and more importantly, what I think you can take advantage of. Then one of my favorite topics, real estate investing. Now, I feel that some of the most powerful and wealthy uh, people that I know that I would want to emulate, that their success and their finances that I would want to emulate, it's almost the opposite of the story that I just told you about the stock market, right? I feel like a lot of people have built wealth through real estate. A lot of my good friends have built their wealth through real estate. And you don't need a ton of money to start in real estate. So I'm going to give you guys my experiences, what I've gone through, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And then topic number five, that's going to be one that I is, again, dear to my heart. It's dear to this show. And I think it's something that we really want to focus on on Financial Fridays. And that is the entrepreneurial person, right? What uh, tips about the entrepreneurial finance that I could give you would be talking about how you can get funding for your startup, financial planning for you. You know, uh, do you need a business plan? The, the goods, bads about that, the negatives. Um, and then managing your business finances effectively. I think there's a couple of pitfalls. I see every business who fails what they go through. So I'm going to tap into that for you. And then something that's not so dear to my heart, <laughs> cryptocurrency and blockchain. I know that's a hot topic. There's a lot of people that have made money, lost money, made money again. So again, I'm going to tell you guys the good, the bad and the ugly on that. 
I'm going to talk to you about the one word that's kind of an ugly word, but it shouldn't be ugly for you. And that's tax planning. I'm going to give you guys my thoughts on that and some really good tips that I think you could tap into. And then finally, we're going to talk about fin fintech, if you own fintech. For those of you who don't know what that means, that means financial technology, the impact of that technology on your finances, digital banking, and investing through fintech platforms. And again, I'm really going to break that down because there's a lot of money, there's a lot of people who have lost millions of dollars by investing in the wrong fintech platform. We're gonna talk about behavioral finance. What does that mean? I call it the circle of cycle of death. And I'm gonna really break down into that of why I feel most people do not make money when they're investing, okay? And then we're gonna talk about economic policy and news. And again, we're not gonna get boring with it, but I'm gonna show you how what's going on in the news can affect your bottom line and your finances. And then something that's pretty cute, and that's something that I wanna talk about a lot because I feel more people should talk about it. I don't have any children. I have a little puppy, so the puppy doesn't understand finances, but I feel like people aren't talking to their children enough about money. A good friend of mine always talks about when he was growing up, talking about money was a dirty thing, and we need to flip that. I think everybody should be talking about money because money is the root of all evil, but money is also the root of all happiness, right? And then finally, we're gonna talk about side hustles and passive incomes. And that's gonna be something that I'm really passionate about because I think that's something that every single person, no matter where you're at, should be doing. Because what we'll notice, and we noticed this through the pandemic, is sometimes if you're dependent on one source of income, that can really bite you in the butt. So having multiple sources of, of revenue that are completely separate verticals, I think will be doing you guys justice. So again, today, we're gonna be breaking this down. I'm gonna go down over the first handful of topics time permitting, and then we're gonna take a break, wrap it up, and then we're gonna follow up next Friday with the last segments. That's gonna give you guys a chance to really dissect everything I'm gonna talk about. And then please, again, reach out to me. We want this to be interactive, and at some point down the line, we're envisioning doing this live, having you guys call in to the show. But I think this broad overview will give us a good framework to go forward, and I'd love to hear you guys' feedback, because this is obviously a different format than what we've done before. So. I'm going to start off with personal finances and strategies. Now, this is something that I wish I had done sooner. I have no regrets in life. I think the experiences that I've had in my life shaped who I am today that's put me in front of you and is allowing me to give you this information. But this little tiny thing I'm going to give you, and I call it investing in your buckets, right? So think of these buckets as literally buckets that you're going to come home with. So whether you're a salaried employee, a monthly employee, a commission sales employee, Think of every paycheck that you bring home. Now, if you're bringing this check home on a weekly, monthly, quarterly basis, it doesn't matter. And it doesn't even matter the dollar amount you're bringing home, guys. And again, I don't wanna get into the depths of make this con uh, talk boring. I really wanna give you guys quick, actionable steps that I think you can implement, right? So what do you guys on average make here in the studio? On average, we're talking three, four, 5,000 a month? All right, so let's just say 2,500 a month, right? Some of you guys are interns, you just got uh, brought on board, so you're starting up, right? So if we got 2,500 a month, you gotta look at what I call your monthly nut. This is your non-negotiable, right? This is what's gonna feed your kid, this is what's gonna pay your rent, keep the lights on, and keep your bare minimum expenses. Bare minimum expenses is not your cable bill. It's not uh, coffee at Starbucks. This is what you got to absolutely bring home or you're gonna be out on the streets, right? So. If, if Connor's making you know 2,500 a month, and let's just for the sake of math and making it simple, 500 is his nut, that's what comes in and goes into that bucket, right? Now he's got about two grand left. So he knows that he has 2,000 a month and he's got additional buckets. Now you don't only have to have three buckets. So as a family, like when I was single, or if I'm a bachelor, or if I don't have a family, like I don't have kids, I would say, okay, well I had my, my nut bucket, 
right? Then I got my um, investment bucket. Then I may have my party bucket. I wanted to have a good time. And then I'll have a travel bucket. Now, as you get older, as you kind of granulize this, you can say, okay, well, I have a retirement bucket or I have a, I want to get married. Now you're pouring, pouring something into that. There should always be an investment bucket. And what I mean by that is even if it's a dollar freaking going into it, you guys will see by the end of this talk that that shit adds up. And a good friend of mine calls it the ninth wonder of the world, and he, it's compounding interest. And when I break this down with you in a later segment here, you're going to see the power of compounding interest and why it's truly called, you know, the ninth wonder of the world. Um, so as we're as we're breaking down the buckets and, and the personal financing budget, if you will, again, growing up, I'm not the person that did this. I was not a budget keeper. If I made a hundred grand that month, I was blowing a hundred grand. So in hindsight, I wish I had these buckets that I would just drop it in. Now you're not thinking about it. So just like how if I knew I had to make my car payment, if I had had forced myself to set aside 10%, 20%, 30% into that bucket, it would have made sense. Now, what you want to do on the investment bucket is you want to make it a percentage of your total. So if he's making 2,500 a month, and we know that 500 is going to, into his main bucket of, uh, that he has to deliver, the nut bucket, I call it, right? That remaining 2,000, he should have a rule that 10% of his remaining income is going into the investing bucket. Now you can adjust that, but keep it a fixed number until it becomes painful or until you have another bucket that you need to fill that becomes, for example, your child health care plan or you know a college education plan. So you can adjust these, but if you make these things fixed amounts, there's something weird about the psychology of the human brain that's going to force you to do that. The same way you're forcing yourself to make your house payment, your car payment, that damn cell phone bill never shuts off, right? So make that a requirement. And I promise you guys, it'll make all the difference in the world. It sounds cheesy, but these are the little things, man, that I wish that I knew early on, right? Now, debt management and repayment, another big one, right? So when you have debt, and I was buried in debt, guys, and now I'm gonna talk right now about bad debt, not necessarily good debt, right? Bad debt, credit card debt, interest debt, anything that's variable shit that's like, you know, what I call depreciating assets. If you own a boat, that's just depreciating every day, right? So if you're invest, if you bought something like a car, most likely than not, unless it's a McLaren or Ferrari or some exotic car, it's depreciating daily, right? So that's a debt that you don't, you shouldn't have unless you're already a millionaire, multimillionaire. You really have no business having debt outside of your house, your business, your primary residence, and a handful of other little strategic items. But your debt management needs to be key because again, going back to my first conversation, you shouldn't be buying shit on a credit card if you don't need it, if it's something that is just flashy. Easier said than done, and some of the youngsters here are probably not gonna listen to me, but man, I don't even care if you have a little bit of debt as long as you're filling that investment bucket, right? So those are the little games you can play. Now the debt you wanna be smart on as well, guys, because when you look at credit card debt, there's so many little hacks and tricks. I cannot stress enough how much you guys should educate yourself on credit. Um, you don't need to pay anybody for it. Uh, I'm still trying to interview some different groups that want to get on the show to educate you guys. But I got to be honest with you, a lot of these companies that where you're hearing on the radio, the 800 commercials, they're out there to get your money. There's plenty of free information on YouTube. I mean, YouTube is the best educator out there, especially when it comes to credit management and protecting your credit. So along with that, how many of you here in the studio, you just have to raise your hands. Do you guys know your credit score? Good man. Okay, so you guys are already ahead of the game for me because I didn't start chasing my credit score until I needed to buy some shit, right?
But had I knew that my credit score would affect the payment on my car, literally had I done 30 days before and fixed a little, you know, collection thing or something to where it wasn't even my fault. Somebody had made the payment and they didn't catch it, et cetera. So there's a lot of ways to catch those early. Again, you don't need to necessarily hire somebody. If you do make sure there's somebody that comes very vetted and recommended. But if you fix those credit scores before you go shopping for a car, a house, or any kind of variable debt, I'm telling you, not only will you get a better car, but you'll get a better rate. Moving on to the second topic now, we're gonna talk about investing insights. I'm gonna to talk to you about a little bit about stocks, bonds, mutual funds. In summary, I don't really believe in the traditional stock market investing approach anymore, guys. I'm feeling disenchanted with it. I think, you know, just like everything else, as you get older, maybe get a handful of blue chips, you know, companies that you actually use, Tesla, Amazon, Google, things that don't go away that you can be passionate about, but something that you're not sitting there day trading. If you wanna have stocks, have a basket of that, and we'll talk about where to hold them. But that's not really my passion. I don't, I don't think that the stock market is the optimum way to achieve results. It's a lazy approach. It's what everybody wants to talk about. It makes a ton of other people rich. It makes Jim Cramer rich, it makes MSNBC rich, it makes Fidelity rich, it makes New York Stock Exchange rich, it makes all the fat cats in New York rich. I don't know that many rich people that became rich off the stock market. I know rich people that made money off other people selling them shit in the stock market, right? So before we move on to market trends and, and the analysis of what I think is going on here in the economy, we're going to take a break here. When we come back, we'll talk about market events. We'll be right back. We'll be right back with the Financial Friday Five on Cannabis Talk 101's Financial Fridays with the insider investor, Tony Kay. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Welcome back to Cannabis Talk 101's Financial Fridays with the insider investor, Tony Kay. It's now time for the Financial Friday Five. We're talking about money today on today's episode. However, I got a confession to make, guys. I still do not have health insurance. Ooh, shame on me. Listen up, guys. There's a reason that I brought our friends here at Clearwater Health to the show, clearwaterhealth.com. They're brand new partners with us. And what they've done is something super creative, super exciting. 
they're gonna be at MJ BizCon with us. They're gonna be in our village. Uh, we're gonna be doing a show with them live. But quick overview is if you have health insurance or if you need ins health insurance, if you're self-employed or if you're a small business owner, there's so many pitfalls of how you're gonna get penalized, uh, good, bad, and ugly of having healthcare. I cannot recommend these guys enough. They've created a special portal for our friends here at Cannabis Talk 101. And what they've done is they've made a cannabis friendly and they've made it easy for you guys to contact them. When you do contact them, if you don't have insurance, they'll show you every, every option for you and they'll help you pick one out. It's the same pricing as if you go to the healthcare.gov websites. More importantly here, you're actually getting somebody knowledgeable that can tell you the best. Now, if you already have insurance, it's even easier. You let them know what you have, what company, what your deductibles are. They're gonna let you know if they can beat it. And if they can't, they'll tell you and you're in good hands. Best part is, it doesn't cost anything. You guys give them a call or look them up, clearwaterhealth.com and look at, look for them over at MJ MJBizCon. So we're back. I told you guys I'm gonna to talk to you now about some insights that I have on current market conditions. So obviously right now, when you guys hear this show, this is gonna be uh, very current. Tomorrow the show's airing and tomorrow being Friday today. <laughs> so when this show airs, you know we're in the middle of some crazy ass wars we're in the middle of just political upheaval. It seems like this country is torn every day, uh, more divided every day. And it's something that sucks. It's something that I refuse to talk about when it comes to politics because you cannot win. However, politics and what's going on in the world always affects your money. Straight off right now, as you guys know, during COVID, we printed trillions. When I say trillions, trillions of dollars, right? The other thing I always said, and if you look on my social media post from a couple of years ago, the entire freaking world was shut down, whether it was two weeks, a month, six months, they just shut everything down. Now, this was a global experiment that had never happened before, regardless of what your opinions are on what we went through. And I don't even use those words because you get shadow banned lately by using certain words, right? But you all know what we went through and why the world was shut down. But because that had never happened in history, I always said, man, this is another what we call a black swan event, meaning it's just shit that's never happened. So when it happens, all the rules go out the window. They were telling us four years ago that interest rates were going to go up, 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 up. What happened? They went down to zero. Now, when they printed out this money, one of the benefits of market analysis is if you look at it from just a rational approach, you don't need fancy charts, et cetera. But it's just common sense that if you're going to spend all that money they got to figure out how to get it back, right? They gave away trillions of dollars, guys. And it wasn't just in this country. It was all over the world, right? So the easiest way for them to pull that back is higher interest rates, higher taxes, right? When you look at it from an economic war standpoint, as soon as this shit's starting right now in the Middle East, what does that mean? We're the number one supplier of missiles to these countries. So what's that mean? Raytheon, Boeing, blah, blah, blah. And guess what? All of Congress and all these shady bastards in Washington, what do they all load up on? Defense stocks. Why do you think they're all rooting for this war to continue? Defense spending. So, you know, on the surface, I would say, hey, look at some defense ideas. Look at some defense basing um, uh, drones. You know, these things that are these mis uh, missile guided systems, Raytheon, Boeing. These are these are big defense contractors. And when you look at it, and again, this is not a lecture on what you should go buy today. The more point that I wanted to bring up about economic conditions funding your finances or affecting your finances is because if you just watch the news for 10, 15 minutes a day or on your iPad or just scroll through news instead of just consuming bullshit, you'll start to see patterns. And that's what I end up investing with, whether it's real estate, interest rates, what I should do with my money. 
it's amazing but by just watching the news what you'll discover all right and i don't want to get too much deeper into that but i could go on for hours on that if you guys have any specific questions we'll talk about it i'm going to move on to my favorite topic real estate investing now why is that why is that my favorite one of the favorites one of my favorite reasons is my grandpa who's passed away now but one thing he used to always tell me is is you know he called me son he said son invest in real estate because it's real you know, the word real is in it. You can actually physically touch it. And if you think about all the other shit that you can invest in, whether it's stocks, bonds, mutual funds, it's paper, right? It's digital. If the world shuts down or if, if the electricity grid gets wiped out or a million other little doomsday scenarios happen, the fuck are you going to do with your Tesla stock? You know, what are you going to do with your bond? What are you going to do with your insurance policy? Hell, you can't even turn on a computer or go to the bank because all everything's shut down. You still got real estate. You can still go live in it, right? You can still go sell it. And the thing with real estate is if it's paid off free and, free and clear, you're never going to lose it. And if you're in an area where you're not leveraged on that real estate, you can always rent it out. There's just so many more variables uh, with real estate that I think are advantageous. And when you look at the returns on real estate, gosh, if you're buying at the right time and you have a right system, it absolutely blows away stock market returns, right? Now, there's many ways to invest in real estate. There's from very passive investing all the way to very hands-on. When I was on Wall Street, you know, there were your real estate funds, right? Which are heavy laden in fees. Your broker's got to get paid. The financial advisor's got to get paid. The due diligence guy got, got to get paid. Then everybody at the mutual fund has to get paid. The broker who found the asset for the mutual fund has to get paid. By the time you as the average investor are getting into these funds, any profit that could have possibly happen in these funds is going to disappear, in my opinion. And then you know, they'll come back and say, well, this is a $2 billion fund and you're going to be diversified in all these high rises or multifamilies. Again, the reality is a lot of your profit's going to be gone. Now, if you're passively investing, maybe you have a 401k or you have a, 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 a your corporation or your company is sponsoring a, a plan that you can invest in. I'm, a, I'm, I'm okay with that. And if, again, if you have no other options, you have no other alternatives, I'd rather invest in a decent healthcare, I'm sorry, a decent real estate fund than just a blank stock, right? Now, when it comes to real estate, the average investor has so many more ways to get into it. Most people, or if I talk to my friends here who are in, like, you know, in their early 20s to 30s, and they say, well, what should I invest in? I said, do you own any real estate? And if the answer is no, in my opinion, your first investment should be uh, an income-producing property because it's relatively easy to get a first-time homebuyer approved. There's things called FHA loans. My first house that I bought, I put 3.5% down, guys. That means on a $700,000 house, I think I only put down like $23,000. This was here in Irvine, a brand new development. And uh, again, for 24 grand down, right? And this was back when interest rates were like 3 to 4%. But with FHA, the government's kind of guaranteeing it. And there's all these little benefits that you're doing. But think about it. For 23 grand, I got a $700,000-ish house. My payments were like three grand, which would have cost what a two bedroom, a comparable two bedroom was at the time. Now it's like six. But uh, but I bought that and made those payments. And then less than three years later, the thing had gone up like four hundred thousand dollars. Now, that's here in Southern California. But that works. And the, and the math kind of, you know, it's all relative, but the math works all over the United States. FHA loans are, are government wide. And by no means am I a lending expert, but these are just what I've done and what I've seen my friends do. Then they have new programs where you can actually, once you're seasoned and you're learning how to run landlords or be a landlord and have tenants, right now, I've heard there's a brand new program that actually is launching Monday. Um, every lender should know about it, but I believe you can now buy up to a fourplex with 5% down, right? As long as you're living in one of the units. So what does that mean? 
That means you can get a million dollar property for 50 grand, live in one of it. The rent on the other three should pay your mortgage. And now you're living for free and you have a freaking amazing asset. And I'm not even going to tap into the tax benefits of owning real estate. When I bought my first house at the time, I was making roughly about $800,000 a year. Well, I was losing about $400,000 to taxes. And my CPA at the time looks at me and he's like, you're an idiot. You could have had a million dollar house for free because the, the deductions and the tax benefits you would have had would have literally been paying, paying for your mortgage. Plus, I was flushing money down the toilet with rent. So I cannot stress enough with you guys how powerful real estate can be to your portfolio, leveraging it, cash out refinances. And again, there's tons of people out there that can offer to teach you that. Um, I do believe in the power of mentorship and that. There's a handful that I'm going to start bringing on the show that I would recommend. Um, but this, again, it's start educating yourself. You know, I'm a big fan of using this type of education. If you guys have kids that are 18, 19, they don't want to go to college. Don't be afraid of that. You know, as long as they're willing to learn, uh, as long as they they want to have a passion, if it is real estate, trust me, guys, they ain't going to learn shit in college about real estate. They don't talk to you about credit, finance, acquisition costs. None of that, even if you have Econ 506 or whatever, right? It's just, I, I'm, I'm very disappointed in the U.S. education system when it talks, when it comes to money. So I cannot stress that enough, that if real estate is passion yours, dive into it head first. Uh, there's good, bad. Uh, one of the books that I read, I think it was Trump's book, but um, he says something that I thought was always interesting. He says, there's never a bad time to buy real estate. There's only bad real estate to buy. Because sometimes people are like, oh, real estate's too expensive. It's high. It's always going to be high. It's never going to be low. It's cyclical. It'll go up and down. But real estate has a cycle. It's every 10 years. It always goes up. It never, rarely, it'll benchmark down, maybe flatten out. But you're not going to lose every penny unless you're just buying really shitty real estate. So, does real estate, uh, you know, vary by state for our viewers? Like, how would a, how would someone be affected by uh, certain regulations in California versus Nevada? Great question, man, and, and two parts to that. So in my opinion, if you're a first-time real estate investor, do not fall for these, hey, give me your money, let me go invest for you because we're gonna be buying distressed assets in Detroit, right? All the times that I've got screwed investing in real estate is because I the real estate was not within a three-hour radius of me and I wasn't driving there once every two weeks to check up on the tenants, check up to make sure the maintenance was being done right. Um, I didn't have to hire. I mean, I always had property managers, et cetera, but you need to keep an oversight on these guys. You know, the times that I've got screwed, like the deal right now, you guys know, I just came back from Florida. We bought an amazing assets, 10 units on the beach, but because we hired an outside contractor and we had a developer out there that we worked with, we got screwed. Well, we got screwed right now because what should have been a 12 month project, we're on month 18 and we found out the contractors walked off the job. Now that contractor walked off the job six months ago. And our developer partner was lying to us and there was lawsuits, et cetera. But without boring you with the details, the point of it and the answer to your question is definitely, I think as a rookie or as a beginner, uh, you should always stick to what's in your neighborhood because you're going to be able to know where the deals are. You're going to be able to find, put the word out like, hey, I'm a cash buyer. A uh, quick trick is if you want to buy your first income property, just read, go on, go on open houses, talk, meet a bunch of brokers that you like. Just get the business card, eat their little muffins, have a drink with them. They're like, hey, I'm an investor. I'm looking for distressed assets or I want to buy my first property. They'll work for free for you. They'll start giving you leads and then it's up to you to kind of find the right one and have the right team to analyze that deal. In terms of uh, regulations, there's always going to be regulation difference with landlord rules, tenancy rules. The lending is going to be somewhat the same. Obviously, different. You know, California is going to lend different um 
I should say the mortgage lenders prefer a property in the, on the beach than maybe something in Detroit, right? So the rates would be different. But for the most part, real estate's real estate. You definitely want to stick to your hometown, I would say, or at least in your geographic area. But that's a great question, Connor. Um, moving on. I'm going to talk to you about entrepreneurial finance now, guys. And I, you know, I'm a big, obviously I'm a lifelong entrepreneur. I've worked for corporate before. I've worked for restaurants before, but entrepreneurs in my blood. And, you know, there's two types of people, right? And it, the entrepreneurship is not for everybody. It's a lonely game at times. You know, it's, it's always fun when the times are good, but when times are tough, you really realize who your friends are, who your family is, and the people that are going to be with you through thick and thin. But it, it's important to have a network when you have an entrepreneurial spirit, don't try to do shit on your own. You know, you're probably in the wrong line of work or entrepreneurship should be for you if you're a loner, because you're not going to learn the skill. Um, you're not going to have the wisdom of others around you. You guys have heard me talk about masterminds or business affiliations. And I, I love those group settings, especially if nobody wants shit from me. Um, you know, they're not trying to sell me anything, but it's just a, a group of light minded people. We get together once a month and we just talk about our businesses. You know, when PPP was a thing and when there's a bunch of different uh, grants or loans that you can get, maybe, you know, Connor uh, starts getting into real estate and he discovers this great loan and he tells me about it because once a month we're going to have a real estate roundtable and just share ideas because I don't have the time to look at every single new product or benefit or tax credit or loan that's coming out, but he may stumble upon something. And during COVID specifically, when we were meeting up in Texas with, with, you know, about a hundred different business owners from nationwide, we'd all fly to Texas. And when times were tough, we all needed each other's advice. You know, a guy was telling, I was telling them about research and development tax incentives. Another guy was telling us about different types of PPP loans, a way to kind of lower the fee. Some guys out there were just gouging people, right? Keeping a 30 year PPP money when it shouldn't have been that difficult. So from an entrepreneurial financial standpoint, um, keep that network tight. From a funding standpoint, you know, a lot of you guys have great ideas, but you're like, I don't have the money. I always say getting money is easy. Having the right deal and the right structure is the hard part, right? You really got to understand what your business is worth. That's a whole separate conversation. But a lot of times people are like, I want to raise money because I want to start a restaurant. You know, what are you evaluating your business at? How much stock are you selling? If you don't know the answers to those questions, you should not be raising money for your business because too often than not, what I saw growing up in the game, was somebody would have an amazing idea. And you see this on Shark Tank a lot. And to kind of digress a little bit, if you guys are entrepreneurs and you do invest and you want to start your own company, that's probably one of the best educations I've had. I've probably seen every single episode five times. It's what I fall asleep to and what I wake up to because I get so many little nuggets from every single one of those sharks. And sometimes from the people that are coming onto that show, because that shit's real. I mean, a lot of it's edited and heavily programmed, but the stories are real. The people are real. The investors are real. And a lot of the way that they uh, analyze these deals, the metrics, you just soak it up. And I, I think even my mom and dad right now, you know, they're understanding how to value it. You know, if the guy's saying, I want to raise 10%, I'm going to give away 10% of my company for hundred grand. Well, that means his company is worth a million dollars because 10 times a hundred thousand is a million. That's how you evaluate a company, right? In very simple, simple terms. So really understanding what your business is worth is going to be important when you're going out to raise money for your business. And sometimes it shouldn't be capital. You know, maybe you're not the right, you're not investable, but you can use debt. So you can get a secured line of credit. You can uh, put out uh, debt equity on your business. So there's very creative ways. I call it creative financing. There's always a good way to get money. If you have a good idea, there's going to be people that want to help you. 
And there are things called incubator programs, right? Where you're kind of giving up a percentage of your business. I still do this occasionally. I just found that it's really time consuming, but occasionally I'll come across a great idea or somebody pitches me randomly on, you know, this is what I want to do. Here's what I've already done. And here's why I think I can make this idea work. Cool. How much do you need? I need 200,000. What is that going to look for me? So him and I will consult and I'll, I'll maybe give him some of my time. I'll find a source of money and I'll take a piece of their business and I'll be like more of a silent partner, but I'll structure a deal for them like that. So there's plenty. The point of that is there's, don't ever let a lack of money be the reason you're not starting a business. That's just you being lazy, right? Um, if you're trying to raise money for a restaurant, completely different story, right? There's not that many people that want to invest into just a startup person, if you will. So we're going to take another break. When we get back, I'm going to tell you how I can make retirement planning fun for you. We'll be right back on Financial Friday. We'll be right back with more Financial Fridays with the inside investor, Tony Kay. Make sure you follow Tony at The Insider Investor. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. Welcome back to Cannabis Talk 101's Financial Fridays with the inside investor, Tony Kay. Make sure you like, follow, and subscribe to the show now. Welcome back to Financial Fridays. Guys, today we're talking about money. And next Friday, we're going to be talking about money. But I got a quick, actionable item that you can do right now. Go to a website called Master Mentors Live. This is a brand new company that we're starting here with Cannabis Talk 101. And what this is going to do is give you, listening at home right now, the ability to not only have access to us, but get mentored by the best in the cannabis business. We're coming to your town soon. Check out the website. Our first events are actually coming up. If I'm not mistaken, the middle of this month in November, we're going to hit New Jersey. 
uh, three different locations, afternoon sessions, evening sessions. We're also going to be hitting New York towards the end of the month and the first of, uh, I believe, over around December 1st and the end of November. We're going to be in uh, New York, uh, Hoboken, I believe, uh, mid-Manhattan. There's about 40 different dates that we're hitting just in the next three months. You guys, the best part of this, it's 100% free. Come check it out, but uh, it's it's just going to be something that I think will give you the ability. Now, this doesn't mean that you want to start your own grow necessarily, but if you do, they're going to have a solution for you. If you want to white label a product, if you just want to get into the media game like what we're doing, if you want to launch your own cannabis magazine or podcast, anything having to do with ancillary products or direct flower, we're going to cover and teach you how to do it. Check it out. Master Mentors Live. Now, we're back with myself. <laughs> I promise you this next segment is going to be quick and then we're going to wrap up. What I want to do now is talk about retirement planning. But again, that's not that may sound boring. I mean, I'm putting myself again in, in Connor and some of the guys shoes here. You know, they're in their mid 20s. And back then, the last thing I want to hear about was retirement planning, because in my mind, you know, that was like 100 years away. Uh, quick tip that I'm going to give you guys. And this is a fun fact. And you, the math works the same. So if you have a 15 year old or if you have a 20 year old, let's just start with the 15 year old. If you just set aside $500 a month in a Roth IRA, you don't touch it. You just buy S&P 500 index fund, nothing fancy, 500 bucks a month in a Roth IRA for 20 years. When that kid's now 35 years old, he's going to have about a quarter of a million dollars waiting for him, about $300,000 waiting for him. Out of that 300,000, he can tax-free pull out about 150,000, buy a first house. The other 150,000 is still going to grow. He's going to have a retirement waiting for him. And that's with 500 bucks a month. Right. Cut him. If you can't afford that, make it 250 bucks a month. You don't need anything fancy. You don't need a fancy financial advisor. If you're 20, start it at 20. Right. Now, what's the difference between a Roth IRA and a regular IRA? Do you guys know? I do, but spit it to us. Give All us right. the wisdom. All right. And I think the only reason you know is I've lectured you guys on it. Right. <laughs> I got some background. I went to business school. All right. All right, my man. Connor, did you actually graduate or no? I did. What, what? So you had a four-year BA? Yeah. Good for you. At Chapman. Chapman. Okay. Do you feel, you know, oh God, that's a good school. I can't even, I can't even <laughs> pick up on that. That's actually a really good business school. No, it is. And like, you know, you learn a lot of practical things, but I'd say like the one thing that, you know, I would, you know, I would say that is honestly trumps it is like the real world experience. Cause you don't like truly, you know, learn it unless you're out there, you know, in the field working on it. And so sometimes it can, I feel like it can be hard to translate from a, a theoretical standpoint to Edu a, yeah. a practical standpoint, and especially over COVID. Cause that's when I did the majority of my university was over zoom and everything. So the, you know, information can be hard to take in. Absolutely. However, I, I do know that I, I did learn a lot and, um, ultimately it, I feel like it, it helps with this whole industry and you know what I'm doing to know the business side of things. It does. And I think that, you know, even the little pieces like the terminology, et cetera, I, the one thing that I wish that they gave me, and I went to Cal State Fullerton, but what I didn't remember, what I don't remember is I do remember I hated econ 301 or the, you know, fractions or statistics. I've never used any of that shit in the real world. I didn't use it in the financial advisory world, but what they didn't tell me about was how to leverage my credit, how to buy my first home, how to look for first trustees, how to, you know, buy debt settlement properties. Like there's so many more practical shit that I wish they taught, you know, even protecting your credit, repairing your credit, the, you know, the perils of bankruptcy, all of the more practical shit that I wish they, they should teach that they, they don't do. I, I agree. And like, obviously, you know, they, they have your curriculum and you're paying for, you know, you're, you're getting what you're pay, paying Absolutely. for, you know, like, you know, where your, you know, tuition is going for that semester, you know, what classes you're taking and, you know, whatever. But 
you know, I agree. Like, I feel like it could be more practical. And I think that uh, there could be a lot more um, education in that. You know, and one, one other topic, and I'm glad you mentioned that, because as much as I am negative about the college education system, if you are going that path or if you're, you know, I, I mean, if you better have it, then you're better off having it than not as long as you're like you, you know, you're smart, you're kind of planting seeds, you're doing your internships and you got your foot in the door. But I think so many people, especially it seems like the people that are coming from affluence, you know, they're, they're putting these kids, you know, in all these extracurricular activities and the kid comes out with a 5.0 GPA and then they're sending resumes to us. And I'm like, kid hasn't even worked at a McDonald's. He has no human experience. He's just in this academic world that, yeah, if you want to go be an author, if you want to be a book nerd, but I think in the real world, you're not getting that. So if you are just sending your kid in school, push them to, to basically build those relationships in college, right? The friendships, the people, they'll make it just about the school, but the network that they can create. Cause just like in our world right now, I'm pushing people to do masterminds and networking groups over there. The power of really college is making those connections that you can maybe tap into later in life. Don't just look at them as friends that you're going to lose touch with out of college. So that's, that's the biggest takeaway that I would, I would encourage people who have kids in college. So going back to the difference between a Roth IRA and rollover IRA before we get to the next topic, I'll make it really simple. In my opinion right now, you really don't need an IRA anymore. The only time you're going to do an IRA, if any of you have a job that you left and you left a 401k, for example, my, one of my first jobs was a Target at a 401k. When I left, when you're at the company that you're at 99% of the time, you can't move it. Should you invest in a 401k? Yes and no. If the company matches, Meaning if you're putting in a dollar, they're saying we're going to match up to the first 2000, then just put in 2000, whatever they're matching and giving you free money, then only put that much into a 401k. If it's a company that doesn't match, don't put money in a 401k. A 401k actually is one of the worst investments you can make. Why? Because they're going to limit you on about maybe 10, 20 funds that the company's contracted out with. Those funds typically are not going to be the best funds in the world. There's a shit ton of fees in those funds. And then now your money's just kind of stuck there until you leave the company. And if they're not matching, you might as well just stick that money in a Roth IRA. Roth IRA is still tax sheltered, but now you can buy whatever the hell you want. You can buy any stock, any bond, any mutual fund. And then I can even show you how to get self-directed IRAs and buy actually real estate with that shit, right? Now, if you have a 401k like I did at Target, the moment you leave that employer, the first thing you should do is roll that money into what's called a 401k rollover. You don't need a fancy, expensive financial advisor to do that. You go to E-Trader Fidelity. Open a new account, roll over IRA. It'll give you the paperwork. You roll that money in. If I had 30000 in my Target 401k, that 30000 comes over in cash and it sits at Fidelity. Now I can dictate to Fidelity, hey, go buy 30000 worth of Tesla stock. And it'll sit there tax sheltered. And now I can contribute to that the same way I was telling you guys to, to contribute towards your Roth IRA. You can put money into that platform. And now you have one account that you control. It costs like 30 bucks a month, 40 I'm sorry, like 30 bucks a year. Some, some firms are free, but I like, I like Fidelity or E-Trade. They both have super user-friendly platforms, really good tools, planning tools. Keep it super simple. <clears throat> now, the difference between a Roth and a 401, I'm sorry, a Roth and a regular IRA, a Roth, make this super simple, focusing on a Roth, which I prefer and what I recommend. For every dollar that I put in, if I put in $100 today, and by the time I retire, by the time I'm 59, that $100 is worth $100,000, that $100,000 is tax-free money. I never have to pay taxes on it. That's what I like. I don't want to pay taxes. Now, if I had put that same $100 in a rollover IRA or a regular IRA account, and that $100,000 goes to $100,000, well, guess what? When I take that money out, 
$99,000 is going to be taxable. And it's going to be taxable at a future rate. Follow me now. Everybody thinks taxes are expensive now. Historically, we're at one of the still, even though even though taxes have gone up, historically, we're still at one of the very lowest tax rates we've been over the past 100 years, say, right? So if I have the choice of paying taxes today or 30 years from now, you better believe I want to pay it in 30 years from now. That's what I would recommend for you guys. That's why I always say to do the Roth IRA. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, we're going to go to another topic, somewhat controversial, and that's going to be cryptocurrency. And this is going to be the last topic we touched about this Friday. So cryptocurrency, gosh, there's so much rules here and there's so much uh, that I want to say, but I don't want to step on a lot of toes. I have some friends that are really active in the community. Um, and you guys saw what happened with this NFT shit, right? So when that started coming out, I was like, I don't get it. It's a picture of a monkey. You guys are paying $100,000. There's no value to that monkey, right? Anybody can go make that monkey and send me a picture of the monkey that you paid a hundred grand for. Oh, but there's a utility and you get this, you get that, you get that. The moment people start making up shit and attaching features that don't change your life today, in my opinion, is a red flag. Now, there was plenty of positives of it. It could have been good, et cetera, et cetera. But at the end of the day, somebody who's selling you that monkey for a hundred grand, there's somebody getting your hundred thousand dollars, right? This wasn't some altruistic, you know, nonprofit organization. People kept talking about the utility and how it's going to help people. Come on, dude. You know, what was the reality? Could you go to McDonald's and pay for your hamburger with a with a you know picture of a monkey? Hell no. So, you know, Bitcoin. I've you know I, I'm again. Some of my good friends are really big advocates of crypto. Everybody keeps talking about it. it's going to change the world. And you saw what happened in El Salvador. I don't know about you, but El Salvador still looks like they're hurting. You know, their entire system. Oh, they're going to revolutionize it. And every time something happens to somebody else. People in the in the cryptocurrency community here are like, well, because they're going to adopt it, they're going to have to buy a billion Bitcoins and it's going to drive up. Every time they say that, the freaking price goes back down. Now, if you are going to dabble in cryptocurrency, and I, I recommend everybody does. Good friend of mine, one of my mentors, business partner on some ventures, Dan Fleischman, uh, one of my favorite podcasts, Money Mondays, he calls it. Uh, I think it's the number one podcast still after fucking 60 weeks he's been doing it. But, you know, amazing podcast. But he's a big advocate of Bitcoin. Or crypto in general. And just like, you know, I remember playing poker with a guy like 20 years ago, uh, maybe like 15 years ago. I'm aging myself. I don't even remember. But I remember it was, you know, Jerry Buss was playing at this table as a commerce and and I didn't know who Dan was and he sure as hell didn't know who I was. And you know, he told me to buy Ethereum at 73 cents. <laughs> and, uh, you know, needless to say, I was like, who's this guy telling me to buy some shitty, you know, random computer money thing and didn't get it. Sure enough, you guys know what happened to Ethereum. So, I think there's people at the cutting edge of it that are at the forefront of it that see the value in it. I think just like everybody else, he's made a lot of money, lost a lot of money, made more money with it. But he's one of the insiders, if you will, in that world. I do like what he says that it, you shouldn't be completely shut off or dumb to crypto, right? Something as little as just opening a simple Coinbase is expensive. But if you're buying $100 a month of, of Bitcoin, they charge like four bucks, three bucks, the cost of a coffee. Super easy. With three clicks, you buy it do that. I mean, I, I think you should be knowledgeable about it. You should understand it. Who knows? It could be Bitcoin is the one that's got the limited supply. Half of it's lost. The other half is going to be printed. And I think the prediction is somewhere around 2030, 2040. Don't hold me to that. But at some point, it's a finite supply. And as you guys know, supply and demand, if something runs out, the value of it's going to be higher. I have six fake gold bars here. You know, if I remove one, the value of the remaining one should be a little bit higher, theoretically, right? So, I'm jaded when it comes to crypto. I think they brought out the shady of the shady of the shady. 
you know, I brought on some guests on the show that had created a coin and it was a, it turned out to be a dog shit coin. And it was a friend of ours and, and he, what they called rug pulled, you know, basically made the, made the coins, sold it to all his friends. The price went up and then he sold his own coins and basically robbed us. But that happened to 99% of the coins out there. So should you be into it? Look, if it's going to be your only investment, no, you know how many kids that I knew that had like hundred thousand dollar portfolios. I'm like, are you diversified? They're like, yeah, what do you got? Solana XRP. I'm like, bro, that's not diversification. You have a hundred thousand dollars worth of freaking crypto. That's not diversification. Diversification would have been you had $10,000 worth of crypto, maybe $10,000 in the stock market, $30,000 in insurance, right? That's diversification. But don't don't confuse yourself thinking just because you bought 10 different stocks, you're diversified. You're still in the stock market, right? So that that's, that's kind of my rant on crypto on the negative side. On the positive side, I think the whole concept of blockchain technology, there's a lot of different companies, fintech companies around it. But we saw what happened with FTX and this uh, Bankman Fried guy yep. you know, stole $10 billion. And that's what I always tell people is when you're dependent on somebody else to kind of perform. And when you're talking about new technology, just assume you're going to lose that money, man. Because if not, that shit. I mean, I saw people become suicidal. that were millionaires overnight and lost it. You know, and they ended up more upside down than before they became millionaires. So, you know, we covered a lot today. And for those of you listening, I hope that there was value to you. Again, please reach out to me. Give me some feedback. If there's topics that you guys want to hear about next week, let me know. Um, I want to take a, a moment, too, to kind of give you a disclaimer. Because while I was a financial advisor, while I have a lot of ex uh, experience in the field, by no means is this designed to be official financial advice to you. Do your own due diligence. This is just my experience, storytelling. This is not intended as financial advice, pure experience. You'll probably hear an official legalese that will tap into this, but I do want to say that, and I should have said that at the beginning. And uh, before we go, as you guys know, and you know, I'm talking to Connor here, but there's a whole slew of people. I always want to make sure that I think, obviously we got Blue and Joe Grande. We got Adrian, Amir, the two Alexes, Mondo, Madison, Teddy, the show dog, Daniel, Connor, Albert, Kinky Cam Baxter, Beach Barcelar, Ali Muffins, Sunday, Cassie, Ruby, Goldie, Brother Pitt, Mark Carnes, Chris Franquino, Jennifer, Erica, and Elvis. You guys, thank you so much for listening to Financial Fridays here on Cannabis Talk 101 with Blue and Joe Grande, the world's number one source for everything cannabis. I'm Tony K, your insider investor. And you can always find me on Instagram at The Insider Investor. I'm going to see you guys next Friday. And remember to keep that wallet tight. Keep your mind right. I look forward to seeing you on the inside. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to Financial Fridays with The Insider Investor, Tony K, on Cannabis Talk 101, the world's number one source for everything cannabis. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.